Good afternoon, it's 12 o'clock and welcome to the MoneyWeb at Midday Show. This show is brought to you by the South African Institute of Chartered Accountants, Leaders in Business. My name is Raik van Eckerk and it seems to be a, a pretty good day on most markets uh, with the majority of the leading indices trading higher. And in South Africa, we are also seeing some BRICS fever ahead of the BRICS summit tomorrow. Although Cyril Ramaphosa and Xi Jinping of China are meeting today, and there is some optimism in the air, although the trade war between China and the U.S. and the ramifications for emerging markets like South Africa would be high on the agenda. And I'll speak to Paul Fouchier. He's a portfolio manager at Unum Capitals about these and other stories in a minute. Kumba Iron Ore also released interim results today, and there's a bit of a bonus for shareholders. Uh, that doesn't happen, uh, seem to happen often in, in recent times, but the company have changed its dividend policy, which has sent the share price 4% higher, and I'll speak to Paul Whitburn. He's a director and portfolio manager at Rosendahl Partners in a minute about the Goomba results. But first, let's look at the indicators. The JC All Share is trading up 0.9%. Resources uh, is, uh, are having a good day, up 2.2%. Industrials is trading to 0.2% higher. Financial has gained 1.3% and the gold uh, index up two-thirds of a percent. Let's look uh, at international markets. The FTSE is currently trading 0.7% higher. The DAX has gained 1.4% and the CAC 40, 0.9%, nearly a percentage point gain there. Earlier in Southeast Asia, the Nikkei gained half a percent. The Shanghai had a good day, up 4.6%. Had the Hang Seng gained 1.4%. Let's look at uh, individual stocks that are making, uh, performing well. Kumba Iron Ore up 4.2%. Aspen has gained 4%. Anglos up 3.4%. Asor up 3.3%. As uh, is the Foshini Group. Discovery also 3% higher whilst ARM, South32, Angoplat and Implat have all gained around 2.9%. On the downside, Vodacom has lost 3.2%. Woolies down 1.6%. Pioneer Foods down 1.5%. Distel down 1%. And uh, Richmond down 0.8%. The Rand is uh, trading uh, at, uh, well, the the Rand is trading at 13.47 against the dollar, 17.65 against the pound and 15.73 against the euro. The dollar is trading at 111 Japanese yen. The euro is trading at $1.16 and the pound is trading at $1.31. Bitcoin will set you back $8,019 or 112,989 rand. The gold price is trading at $1,223. Brent crude is trading at 73.26, platinum at 834 dollars, and the on the capital market the R186 stands at 8.78 percent. But uh, let's uh, look at the the Kumba Iron Ore results today. Um, the the group reported interim results, uh, and it surprised the market by declaring a rather large dividend. Despite a decline in profitability due to stronger, uh, a stronger rand, lower iron ore prices, and some logistical challenges, the dividend uh, for the six months amounts to 14 rand 51, which is slightly lower than the 15 rand 97 that was paid in the previous year. But the HEPSERFs uh, is down 35% over the same period. And this uh, flows from a new dividend policy to pay out between 50 and 75% of its headline earnings as a dividend. And it replaces the previous policy where the board had the discretion to set the dividend. On the line is Paul Whitburn. He is a director and portfolio manager at Rosendahl Partners. Paul, welcome to the show. Did you expect uh, a new dividend policy? 
Uh, good afternoon, Ray. Well, I mean, dividends from Kumba were always very good. Um, it always used to be a good, consistent dividend pay until 2014-15, where we saw quite a bit of volatility in the iron ore price. So it being a subsidiary of the Anglo-American group, it kind of pays up all free cash flow up to, to group level. So it doesn't really require substantial amounts of cash on its balance sheet. So you would expect it to, to pay off most of its earnings as dividends. And obviously there was an impact from the stronger rand over the period, which which led to, to lower earnings numbers and, and possibly that flat dividend. But going forward, I think that the rand has weakened a bit. So, you know, depending on what happens with the iron ore price, and more importantly, with the premium of their product over and above the iron ore price, because of course they're getting huge premiums for the high-quality iron ore that they're sending to, to China. That's something to watch. Mm. Um, the, the, in the results, it's pretty uh, apparent that they have some logistical problems with Transnet, and there doesn't seem to be a lot of confidence within the management that those problems would be solved in the near term. Yeah, it's, it's almost impossible to solve because you're not going to put down a, another railway line. So you, you have to kind of work with what you've got. Um, and, of course, there's always the problems of transnet and the cost there. So when Kumbo were really struggling, the actual uh, rail fees that transnet were, 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 were charging them were exorbitant, and they were negotiating to, to have those reduced. Obviously, now the tide has turned, iron ore prices are up, they're making money, but now transnet are having rail problems, which is the first time I've seen that for, for many years, that we've had so many issues with derailment um, from their perspective. But it hasn't seemed to impact them as yet on, on saleable products. Um, but it is something that we'll have to watch very closely going forward. Mm. The uh, operational performance wasn't that stellar. Um, you know, there was significant uh, downside from the lower iron ore prices and, uh, and, and, and the, the weaker, um, the stronger RAND. Um, what do you expect for the remaining six months uh, on the operational level? Look, I think the, the operations are... are, are at running at full capacity. I mean, that's, that's the maximum they could get out of Columella and Sisson Iron Ore, um, what they're producing at the moment. So, you know, your bet is really where the iron ore prices and the iron ore prices are kind of at normal levels, um, which incentivize guys to, to mine and invest in the industry. Um, and of course, the big thing is that premium. Um, that is something that I think the market didn't, did not anticipate that all these um, Chinese steel mills would be switching over to high quality iron ore. And at the premium over and above the, the normal iron ore price that you see listed um, on markets, that premium that they receive is now almost $40 a ton, $35, $40 a ton, which historically is very, very high because, you know, years gone by, they'd get maybe $18, $20 premium. So you have to watch that premium quite closely. They think it's there to stay. Um, I'd probably be in agreement over the medium term with environmental situations in China. It possibly will stay. So I think... You know, Kumba's in a good space right now, um, and yeah, it's it's not particularly cheap, but um, but the business is is seemingly doing well. I'm looking at the international iron ore price currently. It's around uh, sixty-three dollars a ton. Uh, yeah. Does that mean um, Kumba gets around one hundred dollar a ton? Yeah, so it it obviously fluctuates quite dramatically um, over the period. But even someone like BHP or Fortescue or Rio they actually don't always get the spot price. They actually get a discount for their product. So their products generally aren't as good as, as Kumba, what Kumba produces. So they would get maybe a 10% discount. So historically, yes, Kumba got the actual iron ore price plus a sort of $10 or $15 premium.
But that premium is now, you know, $35, but it has fluctuated on a month-to-month basis quite wildly. Um, but, yeah, you're absolutely right. They, they're getting a premium over and above that, that spot price. Mm. But it seems uh, the results uh, will be greatly influenced by why Transnet. The more they can sell, the better they will do. And in the results, it also states that they have they've, their stockpiles have increased due to the inability of moving it uh, and exporting it. Yeah, it's 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 not a <laughs> it's not a great place to be where you're reliant on on one railway line for all your product, um, and that that is that is the risk. And and both those mines. Um, ship on the same line, so it, 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 is, it is a massive problem. I think the other sort of issue that people don't speak about because we're seemingly out of the crisis is a couple of things. Is, is one what happens with Chinese demand? So you know, property there they've obviously been building hell for leather for a number of years. So how sustainable is that? Um, and now we're also moving into a period of sort of cost inflation where we've seen the oil price increase. And we're going to start to see costs sort of creep up on these miners now, and you'll slowly see margins potentially coming under pressure from, from cost pressures, which we haven't seen for a number of years because they've been cutting costs. We'll have to leave it there. Thank you, Paul. That was Paul Whitburn. He is a director and portfolio manager at Rosendale Partners. But from one Paul to another, Paul Fouchier, portfolio manager at Unum Capital, is on the line. Paul, welcome to the show. What did you make of... Uh, Kumba's uh, results and the uh, resultant four percent jump in the share price. Hi, Rick. Yeah, um, obviously, look, Kumba's had a had a history of sort of paying out special dividends. So this fourteen rand fifty is is a combination of their new dividend policy, and then obviously another about half of the dividend is actually a special dividend just to get their net cash cash position down to a base. Look, um, they're sitting with a lot of cash at the moment. Um, you know, they need to do something with it. Um, the thing that concerns me about Kumba, and, and, and you know, they're a very cyclical business. Uh, at the moment, they're printing money, and it's probably going to continue for a while, and, and I think you'll probably see the share price react on that. But but if if the iron ore price starts to decrease at some point, and for various reasons that could happen, I mean, uh, impending trade war could cause that, or just a cyclical downturn in the global economy could cause that. You, you you know you're not you you can kind of ignore what they've just said about that dividend policy <laughs> to a large extent because they have in the past I mean and you saw it uh, 2014 2015 when the when the iron ore price collapsed they actually start paying a dividend um, and and before that there were there were there were you know years where they're paying you know out of interim and the final dividend 42 rand a share you know. Uh, in terms of dividends, so so it is. Um, you know, I would I would take it with a little bit of a pinch of salt for now. It's obviously good, and the market likes it. But but as a long term investor and looking at the cyclicality of the business, um, you know, it's these these dividends aren't annuity dividends. They're not high quality dividends like a British American tobacco would pay you. So that's just something to be to to, to be aware of. So a dividend looks great for now, and I think it will continue to be like this for a few months, but um, at some point, you know, the cyclicality of the business will come into play again. Yeah, so don't but salivate, that they, yeah, don't salivate yeah, too much at that 10% dividend yield, yeah. <laughs> um, but Paul, looking at the markets, green all over, um, obviously resources with Kumba at the front is doing really well, uh, but we've seen this uh, vol- very volatile days uh, over the last um, few weeks, um, but this seems to be a good one for us. 
Yeah, a huge amount of volatility. I mean, Aspen's doing really well today, and it looks like there's a bit of speculation there on them potentially selling their baby formula business in China to raise about 9 billion rand. That's a rumor, but I mean, it looks <laughs> over 4% in the day uh, could, could be based on that. I think, you know, also potentially it looks like there's been a little bit of a reversal in, emer- in the developed market money outflows. Um, we've obviously seen massive outflows in equity and bond markets in the last few months, and potentially that yeah, might look to be turning. So, so that could also be a factor, maybe just a little bit of a risk on trade from, from our global investor friends. Uh, potentially, um, but but no, you know, other than the results, no real news out that's going to sort of, um, you know, uh, support this. Obviously, Asia Asia opened up quite strongly today. It could be an effect of that too, where China is saying that they want to uh, add more stimulus into the economy. They're worried about the economy slowing too quickly, so that could also be a positive effect, and maybe just a, a risk on trade today. Yeah, um, the bonds, the South African bonds, seem to be not back in favour, but maybe not you know, as badly viewed as they were a few weeks ago. But we had two concurrent weeks of um, inflows of foreign investment into the bond market. I don't know if you should read anything to it, but at least it it stopped the slide of uh, this trend where uh, we just saw money leaving our shores on a weekly basis for several months. Yes, yeah. I mean, you know, South Africa is a very liquid bond market. About 40% of our bond market is actually owned from offshore investors. So it's a significant part of the market, and, and we obviously rely on that um, quite heavily. But, you know, we're still offering a, a, a decent real yield here. Our, our, our local bonds are offering a very decent real yield, and there's a nice pickup for, for offshore investors. So even, so I think, yeah, um, you know, obviously with these things, you know, the, our, our deve- the, uh, developing market like us, you know, does, does is sort of subject to the vagaries of the market and money in and money out, you know. But um, I think, yes, I think, uh, you know, I mean, we had about, uh, it was in the tens of billions of rands that, that were sold out of our bond market. So I think it's just a natural thing to sort of see a more reversion to normality again. And like I said, there is value in our bond markets, um, a decent real yield pickup. So, you know, foreign investors shouldn't be too uh, hasty to just sell out all in one big shot. Yeah. Vodacom also taking a bit of a hit. It reported the first quarter numbers um, and uh, the revenue was 4.2% higher to 21.5 billion rand. Um, but the, the subscriber, subscriber numbers have jumped by 2.5 million to 76.5 million. But clearly the market doesn't like these, uh, these numbers. Yeah, I think there's a concern in the data numbers. That's really what, what most analysts and investors are foca- focusing on. They're not really too concerned about voice. Uh, the sort of general consensus on voice is it's a race to the bottom. But it's more on the data numbers. Um, obviously, you know, data usage is, is picked to grow at massive numbers year on year as more people use Internet. And, and, and that's really where the focus is. And I think the disappoint- it was a bit disappointing on the data side. It was about 9.5% revenue growth. Um, look, I was I was actually quite positive about the numbers personally. I think that they are uh, implementing sort of some, a few nice uh, sort of interesting strategies around that. They've already been able to sort of obviously a massive focus is on data data cost cutting or, or the the cost of data coming down in the market over the next few years and what's that, what's that going to do to Vodacom and also MTN. Um, and they are able to, at the moment, you know, they, they had a revenue increase of about 9.5% while cutting their data costs by about 17%. So that shows me that uh, they are able to absorb over time, you know, a potential cost of data coming down while still uh, growing revenues. Um, they've got some interesting um, projects overseas. The Impeza project is, is looking quite good. Huge, huge growth result, uh, huge growth numbers there. So, for me, actually, I was quite positive over the numbers, but I think the market negative just on the data numbers. They, they're looking at that top line growth and saying that's not enough. And just lastly, yeah, 
We we have the BRICS summit tomorrow. Uh, there are some high-profile international leaders in South Africa. We are making headlines across the world. Uh, there is some optimism um, that we may benefit or punch above our weight um, at the summit. Um, what are your views and what do you expect? One can only hope, I guess, Rick. Um, yeah, look, there, there's been a few big investments or, or, or deals that are that are that are that are going to be coming in from sort of um, the Middle East pretty soon. Um, so that's looking good. I think, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, it's very hard to say. I think there's a good team in place. Um, you know, uh, I think Ramaphosa is going to be able to surround himself with the right people, and I think he's already started that. And you saw it yesterday with the whole shake-up with ESCOM and what's been revealed there. And, and, and you know, the numbers look terrible, but I think it, it's good that the numbers are coming to the fore and, uh, and they're making them available to the public, and the public can see what has been happening in the past. And I think over time, look, it's a, it's a big... Uh, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, mistakes to, to 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 fix, or a lot of a lot of damage to to be fixed. But I think uh, we'll get this. So uh, yeah, well, interesting to see what comes out of this. Um, yeah, time will tell. Yeah, we will definitely see, and I think the trade war um, will be high up on the agenda. But unfortunately, okay. that is all we have time for today. Thank you very much. That's Paul Fischer, Portfolio Manager at Unum Capital. Um, thank you for your participation today. And that's it. All we have time for today. This show was brought to you by the South African Institute of Chartered Accountants, uh, Leaders in Business. And that's it for this edition of the MoneyWeb at Mirai Show. My name is Raik van Ikerk, and thanks for tuning in. Numbers rule the world. Inflation, interest rates, petrol price, And when numbers change, you need to know how to respond, especially when it comes to business. Partner with a chartered accountant and get far more than a numbers person. A CASA is equipped with holistic business acumen and decision-making expertise when evaluating your business's future growth. Partner with a responsible leader in business. Partner with a CASA today. Go to saiga.co.za.